You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hi everybody, this is Rick Hadrava and you're listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, today I have with me John and Burke Beck from the Red Coyote Running Store here in Oklahoma City. John is a New York native. Uh, We brought him here as fast as we could, right? Um, He had a passion for running that goes all the way back to 10th grade. He ran in college and in 2002 was the NCAA Cross Country All-American. Burke was born and raised right here in Oklahoma City and grew up playing all sorts of sports, but admittedly loved running cross country the most. At Washington and Lee, she ran cross country and track and was a top runner for four years. Interestingly interestingly enough, John and Burke's journey took them both to California to work in the running industry, and it was there that they met, fell in love, and grew their mutual desire to own their own running store. In 2009, they came back to Oklahoma City, and in 2010, March of 2010, that is, they officially opened Red Coyote. In 2015, they were named the number one running store in the United States. Today, they have 30 team members, have trained over 4,000 runners to run their first 5K, half, or full marathons, and they can be found out in the community almost every week promoting some sort of running event. Also important, they've donated over $50,000 a year to the community that they believe in. And so welcome, John and Burke Beck. Guys, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having us, Rick. So let me ask you, to get things started, let me ask you a, a question that, that as I was reading kind of your background information, um, I was interested in. What was it that, that kind of got you guys thinking about owning your own store versus just working in the industry or or maybe buying a franchise, something like that. I'd be interested to know kind of what got you there. So when we met each other in 2006, it probably was. Gosh, I still remember like it was yesterday, we went out to have a beer together and we both were just chit-chatting about how we love running and we wanted to have our own shop that we could make our own decisions about sometime in life. And we both said the same thing. And I think it was love at first sight from that point on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think growing up, working through a bunch of different businesses and you know, at the same time where we were, we, would, we had ideas that we wanted to do something different maybe in, in the store, in the community we were working in, but we were working for a, a bigger company that had a corporate office and we were limited on what we could do and make changes to. And for Burke and I, we wanted to have that freedom to be able to make a change and do something that we thought was going to be a great idea. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but we at least want to be able to take a chance on a lot of different things that we thought would work. And so after a few years, we kind of hung up the hat. We left there and moved back to Oklahoma City to try our hand at our own business. Okay. So Oklahoma City, let's talk about that a little bit because the, I think the obvious assumption is, well, Burke, you're from Oklahoma City. 
let's go back home, right? I think we call that the boomerang effect out here. We go out and get our mate and bring them back. <laughs> um, but but was Oklahoma on the forefront? So you're having this first date. You're talking about your vision over a beer or two. Did, did Oklahoma come up and, and was that what your sights were always set on? No, I think, you know, we, John and I had lived in a couple different cities by the time we kind of came to this realization that maybe instead of, We'd kind of talked at first about having our own store when we retired, but maybe coming to the realization that um, it's a lot of work and we should probably get to work now. So um, we came back to Oklahoma City one weekend and realized that there wasn't anyone doing kind of the run specialty store model that we had been working in for at this point, probably 10 years. And I'll interject um, real quick. I also, at the time, had never been to Oklahoma, <laughs> and I thought it was just prairies and horse and buggies. So it was a big change for me to just come check it out, too. Absolutely. And growing up here, when we came back, there was also a lot of changes happening in Oklahoma City. A lot of energy companies were moving into the city. Um, Whole Foods was coming, new retail happening. And so my father, who has been in business for a long time, kind of dangled that carrot in front of us and took us on this retail tour and this is what's happening in Oklahoma City. Obviously they wanted us to move back here, but I think it was really like the perfect storm. 2010 Oklahoma City was going through this boom and we um, kind of rode the wave. The rest of the country was in recession at the time, which was yeah. crazy, but oil so. and gas was just booming here. Yeah, gave you a great launch yeah. opportunity right here. Growth right here. Okay. And there was a lot of freedom to do the things that John was talking about because there was nobody putting on social runs, training programs, those kind of things that other stores around the country were already doing. So we could really carve a niche here in the city. Well, and that's what I think was fascinating is, you know, we've talked over over the years, um, you know, you don't think of Oklahoma, and I think it's been reported that we're not necessarily the health mecca of the country, <laughs> um, but you can look at that two ways, and I think for you guys, it lent itself to a great opportunity to do something unique um, for our state and Oklahoma City and Edmond, and so, so it was interesting. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit because I think we'd be remiss not to talk about the logo and the name Red Coyote um, because it's not your typical um, name for a running store, and um, I for one love it. But tell us a little bit about the backstory, how you came up with that, and why you chose that uh, for your company. Um, when I lived in Denver, I adopted this rescue dog. He's a little puppy, and he's red. And the vet told me that he could have some coyote in him. And so his name is Poncho. But we originally started out with the name Red River Running Company. We met with a local branding company here called S Design. And they said that is the worst name ever because everything in Oklahoma City is Red River air conditioning, Red River carpet. Um, it's not going to give you any, it's not going to separate you from all these other businesses. So they said you can either pay us to come up with a new name or you guys can go back to the drawing board and come back and we'll work on your logo. So we went back to the drawing board and we don't really know who really came up with it. My dad, we like to give him credit. He says he came he up with the name did. Red Coyote, yeah. but we called our dog Poncho our Red Coyote. And we also liked it because it's not an intimidating name to people who are maybe not runners. Um, and we went back to the branding, the design firm, and they said, great. And they, the rest is history. Yeah. That's the it. scariest money we ever spent right there. Yeah. It's a, Absolutely. a lot of money to come up with a logo and then you see something <laughs> so simple in front of you and you're like, wow. <laughs> oh, okay, let's do it. And it was money well spent. It was. I mean, that was great advice and was, I think yeah. it's turned out pretty pretty darn well, right? So lucky. So, yeah, I mean, so. we 
we didn't think about it in the beginning that we would get a logo that we can put on a shirt now and just put the logo and not put a name and in our community people recognize it which is pretty cool so much to the point that we have including myself i think 10 other customers that have red coyote tattoos on their body which we like to toot our own horn and say that's pretty cool i think that's pretty cool, that's pretty cool. right and that's what a brand's supposed to do right we yeah. talk about marketing and and trying to get that message out and when you've got something like the logo of red coyote that can stand by its own I think you guys have accomplished quite a bit just in that. Um, so congratulations Thanks. and kudos to you. Poncho is still alive. Poncho's still well, alive. I was going to ask that He's question. He's fourteen. Because yeah. Poncho's been in the store, and I've I've yeah. seen Poncho um, fourteen. Wow. He makes 14. an appearance once in a while still yeah. for so lucky customers every once in a great while. He's kind of cratchety. No, yeah. he's, he's like, old. He's old, but he still runs. Look, he's a little running. <laughs> A, is that a dig at me? Right? No. Yeah, <laughs> Old and running. No. Um, I love it. That that's that's great. Early on, though, you're going through logos. Sounds like your dad kind of mentored you guys a little bit, yeah. influenced you, and that's important. But um, share with us a little bit. What what kind of challenges did you have early on that you weren't expecting? Because it's it's hard to start a new business and especially in retail, opening locations and things like that. So Burke and I, when working in our previous positions with another store that was a lot bigger, we had a lot of, I guess what I would say, customer facing experience out on the sales floor, how to sell, how to train new hires and the sales team. But we had no behind the scenes business experience. And I think that was the biggest thing for us on learning how to how to do orders, making sure that we had enough product in the store at all the time, paying your bills, going through bookkeeping and all these other things. And that's one of the things her dad did help us with a lot, having a business experience and helping us set up a business and how to run it and things to look for, which was a good one. Um, you know, but I think our still our hardest piece that we have even today is just team members hiring good people all the time and having a great team. And we've been very lucky. Uh, we have 30 people on our staff right now, and we've grown it over time, but we've been lucky that I think we have, what, five or six that have been with us for seven years now, eight years. We still have the very first person we ever hired. She's still part of our team. Um, but it's retail, and there's a lot of turnover, and that was the hardest and still is, I think, the hardest piece. Absolutely. I was going to say retail on the employee side is one of the challenging things, but it sounds like... Um, with the help of, from your dad, understanding systems and processes and getting those in place to have a little bit of automation and discipline, if nothing else, right? Um, it's funny because when I hear you say that, I, I think I like to use the word overnight success, right? Like people think, oh, they're so successful. And running a business, and especially early on, um, those are hard. Those are challenging times. Did you ever have a moment where you thought, I don't know if this is gonna this is gonna work, and you're shaking your head, Burke. So, well, so we also the first year we opened the business decided to get married, and mm -hmm. buy a house, and there was just a lot of stress that first year working seven days a week, open to close. Then Being married, working seven days yeah, a week together, together. Yeah. And then we you, literally drove to work in the same car and drove home in the same one car. car you know, so we only have one way to get there and one way to get home. Yeah. Um, 
So there was a lot of togetherness, but then there was also when you come home at night, you're still thinking about the business and talking about the business. And we were both trying to do everything. So um, we started carving out our own spaces within the business. So, you know, I have my marketing events that kind of apparel and he's got his area in the business. And so we try not to really give each other advice or meddle in each other's area of the business. We ask for help, right. but you're not going to run this area because we started to overstep. And I like that. That's smart because then you you give yourself a little bit of um, separation, yes. right? And then um, probably makes it a little easier at home. I, I can't imagine. My wife wouldn't work for me or with me or any other way um, be, because we need that ability to talk about what we're each going through. But if you're in it in the same role every day, that'd be tough. So that so um, that gets me thinking. What do you guys here? You run, you own a running store. What do you do to give yourself a little bit of freedom from that? Right. We um we have kids. <laughs> now, <laughs> I was gonna say now you have kids, so it's it's like yeah, another full time right? job. And so when you're not at the, I think that really makes as any business owner, it could be any life transition really, but having children really makes you start to prioritize things within your business and at home so you really try to make that separation um leaving the store at the store and then when you come home really focusing on family and so we had kids we were married for what two and a half years we we were in the store every single day open close and you know you you live in your business when it's your child your baby and i think that when we decided to have kids, it made a big difference for us on, okay, we need to start thinking about planning the business and when we're not gonna be here, what's that gonna look like? Who's gonna be in charge? Who can take care of some of the things that we do that we won't be able to do every day? Yeah. So it, it gave us a different mindset. Trusting your team. Trusting, um, building your team, building trusting them. them, yeah. So we talk a lot in our workshops and the work that we do about and we hit on this before the the show today, um, freedom, right? Freedom of time and financial freedom. And so as an early business owner, financially it's not always fun and it's stretched, And but then you start to have a little bit of success and then you, you have to think about, do I plow that back into my business? Um, what am I doing for my future? And these kind of things, but really from a time perspective, now family comes in and you guys have bigger things that, that you're, focused on in addition to what you're doing. So do you find yourself relying more on the team today? Have you gotten to a role where you're giving some of that responsibility to the team? And if so, are you, how do you measure that so you can make sure that what your vision for that, that experience is, you know, because it's mostly customer based, right? Um, So do you have those things in place? We do. I think it's gone in swings since we since we have tried, had kids, I guess, kind of step back just a little bit. Um, we were lucky enough in our third year that my brother wanted to move into a bigger position within the running store and moved to Oklahoma City to come work for us. And he had been in another store for two years doing some management and he had the skills. Um, he knew what Burke and I were thinking all the time. And it was great to have him. And we grew the business a lot then. And we, that was when we were able to step back a little bit. We had our first child. We were able to do smaller family vacations at times and, and step away from the store. And he knew what we needed, and he could drive the team to do that. 
um, he left us a couple years ago, and you know, Burke and I got more involved again because mm -hmm. we didn't have, we didn't do a good enough job at that time of training other people behind him on what would happen. Uh, but over the last year, we've we've built another great team, and we are able to step away and do those family vacations with our kids and the family, so that we we can still have our regular life and, and get rid of that stress of of owning your own business. Um, I think we measure that by how long we can stay away. <laughs> you know, I think that's what you look like. In in how many phone calls do you get while you're away? Right. Um, in yeah, we're getting there. I mean, it's. I don't think you ever have a perfect system right away, but our team right now does a great job, and we we can walk away for a week and hang out with the family and not have to worry about the shop. We may have our one phone call meeting just to see what's going on, but it's not like we're putting out any fires or anything. Well, and that's right. the ultimate test, right? Of yeah. a successful, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of a successful business is your ability to be away, and and nobody really notice, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you'll get there. We all and we deal with that as business owners all the time. You guys do so much in the community, and you know I think about one of the things we know about mission. You know, I always joke that nobody buys from you because you have this wonderful mission statement, right? Like I've never had anyone do business with me because I had this fabulous <laughs> mission statement. But at the end of the day, what they saw was they had a problem, and we were able to solve it, right, and help them do it. And I think of you guys that way in the running community, not because, I mean, there's a lot of elite runners in our community, and, and that's great, but that's not who I see when I drive up Classen or, or Grand and you're doing one of your running um, clinics or, or events. These are normal people that want to be healthy, and you're, you're, you're using that platform to help bring that group into Th that environment, right? And was that something that you started out doing, or at what point did that kind of enter enter the conversation as you started the business? Well, I think when we moved back to Oklahoma City, like we said, we weren't really sure there was going to be enough people who identified as runners to to support our business, and so we really wanted to make our brand inclusive and um, really focus on developing new runners. So one of the first things we did was have a Couch to Five K training program. And those started out really successful. They were, I think we had, you know, over 200 people in like our second session. And so that, that was something that really kind of helped um, drive the business at the same time, but then also kind of furthered our mission to be out there and creating more runners. But still, to this day, people who walk into our door, I would say 70% of people will come in and say, I'm not a runner. And then you say, okay, well, what are you going to use your shoes for? Well, I run two or three times a week, but they don't self-identify as a runner. But for us, you're a runner. If right. you're running at all, you're a runner. I think that's important because I will, I will tell you, I remember getting into running, and it's intimidating mm -hmm. to go into a running store for the first time um, versus like an academy or something right. like that. And um, your ability to put them at ease I think I think that's hugely important, and I love that you've built a community around that, and it continues to grow. and And you know, now talk about you opened a second store. When did when did you open the Edmund store? So we opened Edmund in two thousand sixteen, December two thousand sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So we opened our first shop in two thousand ten, and it was it was great. We we had a, a plan. We had this five year business plan and. Um, 
coming to Oklahoma City, like Burke said, we didn't know how many runners or people identified with running were really here and as being one of the most unhealthy cities in the country, how, how many people are going to want to try running for the first time to get in shape. And with a few years in, we kind of had blown away our five-year business plan. And one of the things we found, we, we said, okay, we're ready to do a second store now. But our Oklahoma City location, we actually couldn't hold enough inventory to serve the customers we had coming in at the time. So we did expand in 2013. And even after, one of the things we started seeing was we, we knew people from Edmond. And they had come and they had shopped with us, but they weren't coming back. And we said, why aren't you coming back? We asked his friends, like, well, you helped me so much. You, you told me what shoe I need, but it's a long drive from Edmond. <laughs> People that don't know, Edmond is about 10 miles away, right? If, <laughs> we live in Oklahoma, too. There's no traffic. So we we're like, wow, really? Okay, this is crazy. And they're like, well, we'll just, you know, we would go online. We would love to shop with you, but we just can't get there. So in 2016, uh, we, had, we had a growing team. We were looking for opportunities for our team to continue to stay with us. And growth is one of the things we had to do. So we did open a, a smaller shop up in Edmond and it's been great. There's a great high school crowd there that we've tapped into and we've seen a lot of these customers come back. It's like, oh, you're about, you're in my neighborhood. And it feels good. So you, so you said high school. Is it a different audience up there? It, there is a younger, a little bit younger demographic. How do you deal, I mean, are you doing different events up there versus here or we, um, one thing that we really, upon opening the Edmond store, because there are four big high schools in Edmond, we really, we've been focusing on the new runner and being inclusive, and we really wanted to push the younger runner and starting to, so we started, we sponsored the pre-state cross-country meet now, and you'll see okay. us next week or two weeks at the state cross-country meet. Um, so we really wanted to invest, and we give a gift to all the um, state cross-country meet participants. Really? It's, like, it's really cool this year. Yeah tell you what it is but um so it's little things like that where we're able to invest in the runners up there and kind of give back in a different way outstanding let's shift gears a little bit um you mentioned online you know and i know i've talked i've hit you up on this years ago do you have an online presence and is that t- tell me a little bit about that we'll just start there how long do you have so abbreviated version we have a website that's online presence, right? right. Um, but no, we do not at the moment have an online e-commerce shop um, that is in the works right now. We're actually building that at the moment and we should see that our, our goals within the next couple months. Uh, we would love to roll it out before Christmas, but we all know how technology works and it just kind of happens when it happens. So we're, we're there. And I think for us being a community local shop, E-commerce isn't so much about making sales as it is about customers being able to research what we have in stock and know before they come to our store that we have something they're looking for. And and that's why we're going online. Um, Our expectation isn't to blow it up and be the next Zappos of the world, Um, but we want people to be able to say, a lot of people go online, they want to see that, hey, I'm going to Best Buy, I want to make sure they have that product in stock before I go and so I can touch it and feel it, talk to somebody about it and then make my purchase there and go home with it. So that's what we're doing. So how do you see that playing into your business? Um, you know, what's the vision for the website? I think the vision is, um, 
One is getting the name out to our local community when they search running shoes or whatever, that we, we do come up number one on Google mm -hmm. when you search. So that now they'll have a spot to click and say, oh, here's, here's this place right in my community. Up, yeah, I can, they will be able to buy online, pick up in our store right then. There's that, that instant gratification that a lot of people are looking for. If they're on their phone, they'll be able to find us right there. Um, we're showing our prices that we're, we're, we're the same across the board. Every All of our brands tell us what we have to sell a shoe at. So to, for them to be able to get online and research our price right there with everybody else that they may find like a big box that we're equal. Um, and from there is they'd be able to get our brand out a little bit more. We do have a lot of friends and family that live around the country and they always want our Red Coyote t-shirts or we have customers that have left Oklahoma being a, a big military town they leave, they go someplace else, but they still call us to buy their shoes and get a Red Coyote shirt every so often. So that we can connect with them a little bit easier that they can just order that shirt right there online and we'll ship it out to them. You know, I recently had Stan Clark on the show and what was interesting to me is his talk um, about going from, you know, this bar to restaurant to merchandising. Right and and you when I hear you talk about having Red Coyote in uh, across the country, that that is something that he said was huge. You know, I think at one time he had the number two selling T-shirt, <laughs> right? Or at least that's the profess. And and um, it's interesting because we again we talked about this a little bit, but I I think you've really hit on something in a branding uh, arena with Red Coyote, and um, I could I could see that happening here um, was that ever an expectation for you guys when when you started when you opened the doors I think that was a pure luck thing I mean yeah we wanted to have a brand that people could relate to but never thought it would be this simple coyote logo that people wanted to put on their shirt or yeah on their shirt or a sticker on their car. Or, or a, a tattoo. Or a tattoo, even. I mean, <laughs> on their body. <laughs> still think, Burke and I still remember driving home one day early on and driving through Grand Park and seeing somebody running down the path in our, with our shirt on. We're like, oh, that's, it's almost kind of like you made it. You yeah. Know, like people want to people be with us. And it was cool. And now for a lot of our friends that live all around the country to be like, yeah, I was running down the, the river up in Minneapolis and somebody ran past me and I was wearing your Red Coyote hat and they stopped me to say, I love that store, you know those people? And it's this, it's kind of a cool little story that people can connect all around for. But no, we didn't, that was not never the plan, I don't think. If it keeps growing, that'd be awesome. Yeah. We'd take it. I suspect that we're going to be having that conversation at some point uh, in the future. That gets me to the future, right? As you guys look out, one thing as entrepreneurs, and you've talked about this, you do business planning. Um, we're big on vision because it kind of goes into mindset. As an entrepreneur, there are ups and downs constantly. And if you're not focused on like the future and what you want this thing to look like, um, you're just going to be stuck, right? That's where burnout comes from a lot of times. We're just day to day. What, where do you see this in the future with Red Coyote? Depends on which one of us you ask, maybe. Burke, you've been kind of <laughs> quiet here. Well, I mean, I think retail, I mean, we've been open for 10 years now, and everybody always talks about how much retail is changing, and 
you know, when we first started online was just a little teeny part of everyone's world. And now everyone talks about, you can buy anything online, you can buy groceries. Um, and so I think pushing that, it's taken us a while to push to that online presence, um, just because as a small business, the expenses are high. And we're actually crowdsourced with the, like 13 other stores to kind of mitigate some of the cost. Um, but I think the thing that for us that really drives our business is the community and our involvement in our our events, our training programs, bringing to keep people coming back to the store. So really focusing on um, being different and thinking of new ideas and being innovative and trying to entice people to still love Red Coyote in 10 years when you know, maybe they... They shop for everything else online, <laughs> except for maybe their shoes yeah. and the importance of, I mean, there are still a lot of local businesses around and it's important. It's an important part of the economy. So I will tell you as the over 50 entrepreneur, you know, I talk about the benefit of a second half entrepreneur mm -hmm. is you're active both in the community, um, physically connection with other people as much as a financial, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, on the health side, I think that community of, of maybe, I, you know, I had my hip replaced. We talked about this and, and I walk and I do some other things trying to get back to that running. I may never get back to the point where I can do a, a long run, marathon, Ragnar, whatever, 24 the hard way. Uh, but I still need to be active. Right. And as a business owner, especially because there's so much stress that comes at you. Right. And having an outlet. Um, love to see something i think there's a, a place there right mm -hmm. uh, and i want to advocate for you guys doing okay. something there um as a guy that needs something to get me off the couch and back into the 5k as i, I i'm challenged with that i want to go back you you talked about something i feel like i think we need to uncover this a little bit because it might be an idea for somebody else and a business owner thinking about online presence because you know let's face it today social media, online, it's part of branding, it's sales and revenue, um, and there's so much material out there. It's a great way to reach crowds. Talk to me about, can I, a little more on the crowdsourcing. Uh, you know, what is that? Why did you do it? And, you know, what's it look like without giving any, you know, trade secrets or anything? Oh, no, I don't that. We have been part, one of the most valuable things we've done for our business is we've been part of this um, sort of like a mastermind group. Mm -hmm. It's called Run Tank, and um, there's 13 other stores in, actually, I think there's 15, 15 other stores um, in the group now, and we get together twice a year at a different location, so at somebody's store, and then you get 15 other business owners looking at your store and offering you advice, but at the same time, we, we solve a lot of each other's problems, kind of have an agenda every time we go in, um, a consultant that helps us lead the meetings, and it's been really valuable. It keeps us honest. It keeps us thinking forward and um, you know sharing ideas, and one of the things that keeps coming up is this online store for all of us. And so um, John has a uh, high school friend who started doing our website eight or nine years ago and since then has found a little niche in the running world because he is a runner doing other running stores websites. And he kind of came to us with the idea that he could do an online an e-commerce store. And, but the costs are high. And so he could skin that for 13 other stores in our group to kind of bring the costs down something that is more reasonable for a business our size. So it'd be f fulfillment at the same at place? Our location. At so your, the, okay. 
the store will look like a red coyote store it is a red coyote store yeah. all the inventory is our inventory it ties into our point of sale system um but the the it, like the, the building the back, the the way back, the back end yeah. is built is is skin we're all the same and I, I think what i like about that is that's innovation at its best right and again it's nothing more that's why like we do workshops and and we bring together the the community and there's many groups that do that masterminds right. and that and being an entrepreneur now it's the two of you so there's a little more collaboration but a lot of times it's a solo business yeah. owner and they have nobody to confide in and that's a breakthrough right because that could lead somebody that wants to get in there knows it could ramp up sales for them but they don't if they don't take the time to be a part of a community like that they, they miss out on that so I'm glad I mean you I would that. highly recommend that to any yeah. business owner. Yeah. It's the most valuable yeah, thing we've done in our business. Right? Well, I'm glad we covered that then because I wasn't expecting that. Bert, we're, we, we've got a lot of um, good questions here. I, I, we could spend a lot of time. I want to hit on this. You shared with me that you've recently partnered with another female owner in the running industry to launch a women's retreat called Empower Run. Tell me a little bit about that. Um. So as a woman in business with your partner, um, husband, husband yeah, men specifically, men specifically. <laughs> so I think the running boom started in the seventies and was mostly driven by men, right? Women weren't really allowed to run yet. Um, but since then it's now our customer is 60% female. And so, or but more. we or more, and we haven't really seen that shift in the running industry. So when a lot of these men got into the industry now they're in the higher up positions at these brands that we carry um, and so it's a lot of men creating product and then a lot of men who own running stores and so men network differently than women and um, and a lot of times whether it be in di different meetings we have vendors or um, you know higher up CEO meetings with some of our brands a lot of them defer to John but I happen to be a big part of the business as well 50% and so um, and a lot of other women were having those same experiences. So we brought women together to create our own networks to bring more women into the industry. And also, you know, some of our staff, I would like to see them go into the vendor side so they start creating product for our customers who, who is a woman. We just haven't seen the shift to reflect the customer yet. So, um, and I think a lot of industries are like that. Yeah. But there wasn't anyone really talking about it or focusing on it. So um, another woman, her name's Kathy. She owns a store in D.C. with her business partner, who is a male. And yeah. so um, we decided to create something to bring women together. Do you, so do you see that becoming a bigger thing for you? I think so. So last year was our first year, and we're doing it again this March in Santa Barbara. And we had about 40 women last year. We had the CEO of Hoka, um, Brooks, and um, the shoe designer from New Balance come on the vendor side, and then 40 women retail owners. That is a great thing. And they were really excited about signing up again this year. And a lot of them said it was the most important thing they did last year. So, Excellent. Well, man, you guys have a lot on your plate. Uh, family, business, community, great things. As we wrap up the show, the last question I think I want to ask, because I try to ask this one often, is if you, based on the experience that you guys have had, if, if you had advice to give to a entrepreneur, whether it's somebody that's, you know, started off in a business or somebody's considering business, what advice would you give them? Do it early. I mean, we've talked a lot about it. Like, we want to do this as a retirement job. Thank goodness we didn't do that. I mean, it is, it's work. 
and be prepared to work hard every day. But surround yourself with good people when you find them. And I think the biggest thing that we took away in the beginning from Burke's dad as a, as a business person, he said, when you find somebody good, pay them because they're going to hang around. And if you know they're one of the best, you can't replace them sometimes. You pay them well and but surround yourself with great people that, that are like-minded at the same time but are going to drive you to be even better. Um, I think that's one of the good things about our staff. They do, they do question Burke and I once in a great while. And, they, they, they come with ideas, which is, is awesome. And a lot of the events that we do are surrounded by some of their ideas that they started with, and we ran with it, and they've been successful. Burke, anything you'd add? Um, I would make sure it's something that you like, like to do. I mean, love to do. <laughs> I, I think it's sort of controversial, like the word passion. Like, I don't know if you have to have a passion for something to start a business around it, but it sure helps. You're going to spend 24 hours a day thinking about it. Um, yeah, because you're going to grind it out either way. Grind it out either way. Yeah. You know, either you're in it for the short run, or you're going to build it and sell it, or you're going to be in it for a while. And so um, I think having, you know, that we enjoy talking about running and still my favorite time is when I'm out on the sales floor with customers mm -hmm. um, talking to them about their journey. That's part. But like John said, invest in your people. Uh, good advice. Good advice. Well, that's that's cool. This has been excellent. If people want to learn about Red Coyote, I think we have to do that, right? Yeah. Uh, for the the handful that maybe aren't familiar yet with Red Coyote, how, how do they learn more about you guys? Uh, so you can find us online at redcoyoterunning.com. Uh, we have two shops: one in Oklahoma City, in the Class and Curve Shopping Center at Class and Grand, and then another one uh, at Class or sorry at Kelly and Covell across from Mitch Park in Edmond. So those are our two locations. Stop in. We have an incredible team that take Don't care be of intimidated anything. if you're not a runner. Don't be intimidated. Well, that's what I was going to say is, guys, if you're a new runner or experienced runner, come in and see these guys. They're great people. They're excellent. They always have great events. And we didn't get a chance to talk about, like, you know, we could go down the, the whole coop negative split. Got our own beer. Right. I'm coop right now. It's if awesome. If you want a beer, just ask. We'll give you a beer. <laughs> it's in the shop. But um, check it out. Guys, we appreciate you being here today. Thanks for and, having And sure. sharing. And guys, you've been listening to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Hadrava. And until next time, keep moving the dial. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.